G'day, and welcome to More Than A Minute, the podcast that aims to amplify the voices of TikTok creators who have something important to say, create something beautiful, or simply make the world a better place simply by being themselves. A lot of these wonderful people have their videos taken down or are silenced by the algorithm, so we take this opportunity to shine a light on their work and give them more than 60 seconds to tell us what they're all about. Today, I'm speaking with Lily Hodgson, a fierce and proud Wiradjuri woman about the particular issues and challenges faced by light-skinned Indigenous peoples in Australia. We go in-depth on the harsh realities of living with functional neurological disorder, and we talk about the importance of connecting with culture, family, and keeping a sense of humour even in the darkest of times. This is also just a content warning that this episode contains mentions of suicide, the stolen generation, genocide, and some ableist slurs. I'd like to welcome to the show, Lily Hodgson, a.k.a. Thrills. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's a beautiful sunny day today. Oh, it's um, it was sunny here and now it's starting to come over a bit cloudy. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I like to go by the sun. It's funny. Make lifts your mood. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I managed to get a nice little morning walk out along the, uh, the Mullum Mullum Trail, so... Oh, yeah, I was pretty pretty thrilled to get out there before the sort of as the sun was coming up. Oh, so good! That would have been awesome. It's great until like I'm on the way back, and then like the sun comes out from behind the dandenongs, and all of a sudden, if you're not wearing a hat and you wear glasses like I do, and it just amplifies it, and you feel like <laughs> your eyeballs <laughs> being cooked by the uh, the raw power of the sun. <laughs> you're just like, oh my lord, <laughs> help me, give me some sunglasses. <laughs> All right, so let's get stuck into some questions because I've got this this wonderful list for you. Yep. So uh, for the people who are unfamiliar, um, what sort of content do you create? Or um, I suppose what is the main focus of your TikToks? And that is a big question, I know. Yes, it is. So forgive me if I go a little bit off the beaten track with my FND. That's um, all right. We love, we love tangents. We'll get into that we, as well. We love tangents. That's, I think that's why half the people follow me too is because they're like, <laughs> oh, you just start talking real, real, yeah. real stuff. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank fuck. <laughs> I, can't, I can't put a filter on it. I struggle. Oh, like no, there was a video that I did the other day. And I'm going, oh, someone said to me, if you should, probably should dial it back. And I'm going, oh, and I never look at myself and go, oh, well, you, you have to like filter yourself for certain people. And I thought, oh, you know, my audience is getting a bit bigger. I don't know who exactly is watching and things. I'll, I'll try. And I was this close. It was, it was so hard. It was the one of me talking about Healthy Harold. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I can tell that I was about to say what I was going to say, but yeah. I don't know if I, if anyone else picked it up, but I just, I can't, I can't like people have to understand that swearing is just a, a fact of the matter these days with the shit that goes on in this world. <laughs> so back to your question off on that little tangent. Um, <laughs> so what do I put out? I don't, I just, I want to share culture. I mm. want to share um proper information proper education i'm a huge active advocate and um 
making and especially advocating for mob to be connected with culture. But outside of being Indigenous, I want anyone to come to my page and feel like they can just be themselves, like, you know, just like you're talking to a friend. Mm. And the response that I've gotten from people contacting me and commenting and I've got people who will message me every second day going just checking in like just want you to know that I'm very grateful for you and that kind of thing and it's not like a like a sucky up kind of situation it's just Mm. people are just grateful to see realness because I just I just am who I am and there's no one who sits behind me and goes oh you should say this or oh you should put this up or you should do this it's just me going I'm going to say this or Mm. I want to share this with people. So, yeah, the content that I put out is having people feel accepted and, um, you know, you're never going to get any bullshit from me, (laughs) as as you've seen. (laughs) Um, And I don't take anyone's shit and I want people to back themselves. I want people to come to my page and I want people to feel like they can stand up for themselves and they can back themselves and that they can be themselves, not having to filter yourself for anyone. And you can see hundreds of posts on Instagram with inspirational quotes of be yourself and back yourself and this, that and the other, but that's not going to give any anyone anything to go off of unless they feel confident within themselves. So, mm. and it's not like I go around making videos telling people, oh, believe in yourself because, once again, that's just telling someone to to do something that they've already tried to do. I'd rather show them that regardless of the shit that goes on, you can stand up and you can back yourself, which is exactly what I'm doing, especially at the moment with the last couple of videos that have gone up. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I, had, I had my regular, like, including yourself and um, other, like, handful of people message me going, you're ready. You sound like you're ready to go into battle. And I'm like, I just, the whole platform of TikTok, that's, is another thing. Like if only there was just a team of people, at least here in Australia that Mm. could go through queries of like actual, like technical stuff in regards to the app, because I feel like like and and prior to whatever update they've done, you were able to go in and post a photo and add a comment to a video had it been pulled down, and so you could send it in for to revision and say here's the reason why. You can't even do that now. They've completely removed that feature. I don't know where it gets sent to. If it's an AI or if it's a natural person, if it's a natural person, then that is yeah. something more to be said. Yeah, but that's if worrying. It's an, exactly. Like and and that was the thing. I did I did a little quick snippet on. Um, Instagram this morning saying that those videos that I'd put up um, were pulled down, put back up for a couple of hours and then pulled back down again without me knowing and completely deleted off of my account. Whilst there were other creators who had tagged me in videos talking about the stolen generation and their videos have been pulled for harassment and bullying. How is educating people on the stolen generation harassment and bullying? Well, it depends. I mean, if you're a fragile white man, then um, (laughs) (laughs) education in general is is a a bit of a a direct threat, isn't it? Exactly. But, and and that's the thing. That's why I say if it's an AI, then fuck, they need to 
get in and fix it. But if it's a natural person that's going, oh, this person's talking some truth and continues to talk to truth, let's continue to shut them down, which is why people were messaging me saying, you sound like you're ready to go to battle because I'd uploaded those videos. Not one guideline has been um, underpinned or um, I'm losing words at the moment, bloody. Yeah, um, violated. Like. Yeah, not that's the word, violated. Thank you. Not, um, not a single guideline has been violated. And I leave the phone for an hour and I come back and I've been put on a ban for a week. Yeah. And that's just me doing me telling someone politely too i didn't use one fucking yeah. swear word in that video <laughs> you can use them all here i can but like i didn't use one swear and they banned yeah. me for what for for calmly saying to someone you have no business telling me who i am or who i am not please move along yeah. and i get banned so but yeah as far as um i mean and that'll happen every couple of weeks every time someone wants to try and challenge me on my identity and that's the thing too with the content back to your question <laughs> linking it in there um with the content that i put out is i've had people comment before like don't focus on the negative don't give them any attention they're just no name accounts they're just trolls they're just this they're just that i am totally on board with all of that the difference is is that what the comments that i share are but a handful of the comments that I actually receive mm. and are probably some of the lighter ones that I receive. And so, you know, my little circle like Auntie Deb, um, karma bus incoming and that kind of thing, we have little chats and it's like, you know, bub, try not to focus on the positive, but at the same time we know that uh, – try not to focus on the positive, try not to focus on the negative, focus on the positive. Um, but we also understand at the same time that, out of this handful that I do share, like I, I'm not, this is the thing, I, I'm i not going to allow someone to rip apart my identity, regardless if they've got a no face account or whatever. I mm. want people to see that just because I'm light skinned, I don't have to have black skin to get shit. Mm. I just exist and I get shit. Like, the, I'm still getting comments now like get up and look at yourself in the mirror. You've got 2% of this. You've got two drops. I've just had a woman, a middle-aged woman who is mm. a dental assistant and openly <laughs> shares her job on TikTok comment on my video saying, how dare you identify as Indigenous when you've got less than two drops of Aboriginal blood in you? Like have you looked at yourself? And I'm going, mate, my whole dad's family is mm. Aboriginal. I can't do anything about how I look why can't people just leave it alone? And so I totally understand why people say don't focus on the negative, focus on the positive. But people need to see that this shit's being said. And yeah. as I said, I haven't shared some of the really, really, really disgusting ones because I don't. I don't want to draw attention to that mm. and I don't want them to feel like, oh, we got her. It's these ones that strike a chord that I want them to know that, no, it doesn't matter if you've got no face or not. You need to be put in your place. This is yeah. not okay. So, and I made a video a couple of weeks ago, I think, saying, you know, I'm not going to waste my time on these little tiny troll accounts with no fan base because no one's listening to them and I don't want to draw attention to them. But at the same time, this is my account and I will share what I want to. And the amount of times that I've had accounts with actual following say horrible shit to me. Mm. And I have made a video 
because in in my eyes that's them trying to have a conversation with me and that's what I said in that video too you know unless someone wants to have a conversation and understand that what they're saying is completely wrong um then I don't want to bar of it and so yeah the times that I've done that the videos get removed instantly yeah. because the the op- opposition if you want to call it just straight up reports it and because yeah. I'm always telling the truth and I'm always hitting home with the points TikTok can't handle that so yeah. I can't even get those videos out so the only way that I can share really that these things are being said and they cannot be said bringing awareness to it again is unfortunately by allowing well, not allowing but sharing some of these comments um, but people, they need to know. They need to know yeah. that this shit's being said. And people can say all the time, oh, well, we know it's being said, but you can't focus on it. Mate, I'm not going to sit here and allow someone to completely tear me apart down to my bones. Mm. I've had it done all my life. I'm just trying to share culture. Mm. I'm trying to raise awareness. I'm trying to help educate. I'm trying to support people. And I can't even do that. I can't even show my face with an Aboriginal art print behind me. I can't mm. even have my own tattoo. I can't do whatever talking about Indigenous peoples without getting torn down. Yeah. People have to learn that the stolen generation happened. And I've said this before as well. Not every light-skinned Indigenous person has a stolen generation story. Mm. Not every light-skinned Indigenous person has trauma associated with their families. It's just the way that it is. But the reason why I'm, I mean, for me, my personal story is stolen generation. So it's mm. relevant, it's valid, and that's what I talk about. But, you know, to, to, and that's the whole reason why we have this whole light skin business of people saying that we, we aren't Aboriginal because of colonization, because of the stolen mm. generation. These concepts would not exist if it weren't for that. And what people have to understand is, we were forcibly removed, forcibly raped to produce children that look like me to bleed the culture out. Mm. That was the point. So my ancestors did not die. My aunties and uncles did not go through the horrific shit that they went through to get out of that, to be involved in culture, for me not to be completely involved with it and aside from all of that it's intrinsic it's in my blood it's i'm entitled to it like it's a part Mm. of me it is it is it is not a part of me it is all of me and this is why people also need to understand that is no no portion there's no percentage there's no part there's everyone who's at me going why don't you identify with you know the majority of the european side of your heritage People don't even understand, and I'm I'm happy to talk about it here on the podcast because it's it's more mm. than sixty seconds, and I can I'm <laughs> I don't feel like I'm explaining myself, but I'm feeling like I can you know share like how ridiculous it is every single time someone says that to me because I know my family history, I know my mm. family lineage, I know what is or is not there, but everyone else just wants to have a dig at me because of the way my head looks. Yeah. So. For my family, my dad's entire family is blackfella. My mother's family, her mother's side, we know exactly where they came from. It was a young woman who was sent here to work in service from England. Mm. She was not colonizer, horrific, anything like that. She was just a poor woman who got forced over here to do what she was told to do, right? Mm. 
So my whole dad's side is blackfella. My mum's mum's side is English and my mum's dad's side is Polynesian. So if anything, I've got more Indigenous in me than fucking what anyone realises. And that's what is so frustrating. I can't do anything about my head. I can't do anything about my skin colour. Like, and that's the other thing too. What people see on a TikTok video is from here up, like my waist up. And I don't, um, I'm very careful with my skin. I do not let my face get sunburned. I'm very fair in the face. But the rest of me, I don't know whether you saw the video that I put up before I got banned, but people don't realise, you know, and when you talk about features and shit like that, and it's not about features, this is what I have to, I'm saying it now too because I'm being, like, recorded. <laughs> it is not about skin colour. It's not about features. But the more people talk about it, if you want to know the features that I do have, it's from the waist down because mm. I've got Makuri legs. And I do have quite... A, you know, darker complexion on the rest of my body because it's what gets the sun the most. That's how the, you know, the, the whole melanin thing works. Like yeah. I don't let my face get burnt. So it's, it's not dark or whatever. So, but yeah, like people have to, have to understand that every single time they say to someone, have you looked in the mirror? You know, do you, 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 you've got no features, you've got nothing. That was the whole point of trying to kill us. That was mm. the whole point on trying to get rid of us. It's just following the same narrative and it's sick. Yeah. It is so sick. And it is so upsetting to know that from my auntie who wrote skin painting to me now, mm. I'm followed, like it's just it just keeps going. Like it hasn't ended. Like for her, she was removed for being just you know too dark and yet i'm too light to be yeah you know involved in it you know like it it doesn't matter and this is what i say to people anyone who comes into my my comments and say oh you're white passing privilege um you'll never face the oppression that black black people do black skin colored people do i have addressed that so many times but what i'm trying to say is this issue for us light skin mob, and I do, I say that because mm. it's I don't know how else to 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 refer to it, um, is that oh see I'm losing my brain, I'm forgetting what I'm talking about, I wasn't talking about, sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. No, I've I've just um, noticed I've still got the subtitles turned on and I've noticed that it actually um it asterisked out mob. I don't know if what? it mis- mistook it. Yeah, right. How is mob. don't tell me don't tell me Skype's racist as well. Did it do it again for all I the don't mugs? Know. <laughs> there we go. Give it a test. Oh, for throw all... the mug, apparently. Mob. Oh, no, it's fine. Okay. It must have thought I said something else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what three-letter word would, would it bleep out? I don't know. Uh, I think I remember what I was going to say. Um, yeah, like this, this light skin mob issue is a real issue mm. because I've had people who comment who are in their 60s or not 60s, like probably, you know, middle age, that that kind of area going, you know, I've been oppressed my whole life because my dad's four shades darker than me, has all the features, mm. but I look like this and I can't, I'm not accepted. And it's not not accepted by the mob. It's not accepted by everyone else around you. And yeah. it's not like that should even matter. But this is the thing. It's not oh, you walk into a petrol station and automatically get your bag searched or you automatically got eyes on you. It's this is who I am and everyone is dragging me through the mud for it day in, day out. 
Like I can't even be me. So our ancestors faced the dis- dispossession and the stripping of their identity and we can't even have our own now because everyone else wants to have their two fucking cents of, no, you're not. You've got this. You've got that. You're adopted. You, you, you're, you're retarded. Like, mm. <laughs> no, it's not okay. It is absolutely not okay. So the, it's a completely separate issue compared to the oppression that black-skinned black fellas face. I, I don't know. Does that make sense? I hope I'm explaining yeah, it absolutely. right. Like, I think white supremacy and like colonization has so many layers of like sickness to it that like mm-hmm. and so many so many different lenses that it and it's constantly trying to like separate and segregate and yes. you know like keep people because you know obviously they realized as all oppressors over the course of history have that like you know united we stand divided we fall and so trying to keep people with shared experience shared trauma or mm. even just sh- like you know sh- shared lives and you know shared history and heritage Mm. trying to keep them separated by something arbitrary that they can you know that the the oppressors can control or can control a narrative on is what gives them the power so you're absolutely right like and that's and i've said that so many times before too is that i am grateful i am so lucky that i don't have to face the disgusting slurs and shit that our darker skin mob do that my own father has to go through. Mm. I don't deny that ever. All I'm saying is that I can't even exist as me without getting hate. And this is where it comes into my point of it doesn't matter what fucking shade we are, we're still going to get hate. Because for me, walking through my local shopping centre, wearing, say, the jacket that I've got on now, it's got mm. I pay respects to my traditional owners, not necessarily this one because people would, it, it's ally-friendly, but the yeah. other one that I've got that you've seen, um, which is completely covered in, in artwork and everything like that, I'll get stopped by young people. It was NADOC week last year. Mm. And they come up to me and they said, you can't wear that. You're not a black fella. And I go, listen, guys, I'm going to educate you for a second here, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Um, and then most recently, as you would have seen, it doesn't matter what my skin color is. I got the doctor's appointment. She looked me up and down. I mean, granted, I was wearing the jacket, but the minute that she had a look at my patient file, mm. No, yes, okay, you're Aboriginal. It was complete discrimination. So it, regardless of skin colour, and that's the other thing too is that, once again, what people see on, on TikTok compared to what people see in real life when I walk towards them is mm. my legs. So I will get stopped by mob and not mob as well, and they'll go, mm. oh, you know, what mob are you from? So, and that's why I say, like, once again, it's not about skin colour, it's not about features, but if you talk about it in that sense, I do get recognised. People do pick up that I'm Koori. And, you know, even I I could be wearing no Indigenous clothing whatsoever. I could have my tattoo covered and I'll still get stopped by people. And Mm. that's what people don't understand. And I'm not about to go having to explain myself like that on TikTok because then TikTok, because then I just get people commenting going, oh, you're just making up excuses or you're just making up you know, scenarios or whatever. I don't have fucking time for it. Like, yeah. this is my life. This is what I have to deal with day to day. And everyone, you know, w- when I first started, uh, I don't know what else word to use, blowing up on TikTok because mm. people were, like, looking at my face and then looking at my tattoo. And that was partly the reason why I had an article wrote about me was because they were like, you know, you're getting slammed for having this 
flag tattoo and being proud of your your people and your culture and everyone's telling you you can't do that because of the way you look Mm. um you know I wear my heart on my sleeve as is the tattoo um uh I'm fucking proud no one can take that away from me and this is what I've said to people in the past too it is not the only indigenous tattoo on my body it's just the one that people know the most Mm. and that's not my fucking fault you know (laughs) i'm just doing my thing if people and and that's why i say i don't understand people's mentality and that's why i'm really pushing everything that i'm doing because people have to break this mentality of looking at someone and judging them instantly or uh, totally assuming the rest of their life story like take that karen middle-aged woman dental assistant and uh, and that's and that's the other thing too like i think the discrimination doesn't stop at skin level or at face level or at gender because mm. if that was the case, the doctor that I saw that was straight up discriminative against me because she found out that I'm Indigenous, I'm a woman. Yeah. She's a woman. You'd think the level of care there from a GP to a patient would be like, okay, well, woman to woman, like it's it's fine, right? And then I'm not even I'm not even dark-skinned, like in, in that sense. Mm. So, and the way that she was treating me is what, you know, she would treat a, a young a young woman, a young teenager who's up in the Northern Territory who does have dark skin. Like, it does not matter. It fucking doesn't matter what shade we are. We still get shit. Yeah. But, again, that's where I tie it back to people always say, oh, it's only because you've got the tattoo slapped on your arm. It's not. I still get pulled aside regardless. So I've said many times before, I don't ever feel like I have to explain myself. But if I'm going to prove a point to someone to get people to leave me alone, I will, Mm. which is why I did the the one about my skin color the other day, because Mm. for people to say like, you're as white as a ghost, you're as, you're, you're like snow white is almost a little bit triggering for me um, in the health sense, because I have such a long health history. Seriously, I've been in and out of the hospital, doctors, specialists, everything, every test you can think of under the sun since Mm. uh, I turned 11, pretty much. So, or even nine, nine years old. Mm. Um, So (laughs) for me, seeing when I am quite pale, it doesn't make me feel good at all because it reminds me of being so sick and I have done so much to get me to a point that I'm at now that I am Mm. at at this point in my health journey. But aside from like that personal, uh, you know, it it takes me straight to, oh, I'm sick is the trauma of my family Mm. because I was discriminated against through school with not being involved in any of the indigenous activities NADOC, anything like that, high school. And I'd be up at the office going, you need to involve me in this. And they go, mm, sorry, too bad. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. have you seen the other the other kids? And I go, yeah, I went to school with them in primary school too. The only difference between us is that they've got brown eyes and dark brown hair. I've mm. got light brown hair and green eyes. That is the only difference. So yeah. they base it still, an education body, this is, we're talking only six years ago, yeah, that is that is still doing this to kids, and that can't continue. And I have people commenting on my videos, and they've got their kids who let them watch my videos as well. Going, mm. this is how you need to be strong. You need to be backing yourself. You know who you are. You know your culture. You know your mob. Do not let anyone tell you otherwise. Mm. Because I would hate, and this is the thing. Like my future babies, 
fucking oath. If they they are not <laughs> going to have anyone turn around and say to them, you're not Aboriginal. Have you looked at yourself? No, that is not going to happen. I'm going to be doing everything I can before I have my kids. Somehow I'm going to make enough noise and people are going to start listening. And that was the video that, you know, they say the hashtag post a video that made you go viral. Mm. Um, it's got like upward of 200,000 views. And I know like to some, like, oh, it's not a million or anything like that. And I don't care. I'm, so not, I'm not in it for the views and I'm not in it for, the, for anything like that. I was just mm. shocked of how big it got for someone mm. like me that's never put my face out there for anything. I was just speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. I was speaking from my heart, from my family, from my trauma, and it resonated with so many people. And for that, the Indigenous community and the Australian Indigenous community, for it to reach that far, mm-hmm. for me, I thought that was pretty a pretty big deal. Yeah. And so upward of 200,000 views, it's got, I think it's, a, it still goes. Like I get on there every day, someone will comment or someone will like it or whatever. It's still going. Um, and it's like t- nearly 20, 25,000 likes with yeah. upward of a thousand comments. And again, I'm not doing it for anything like that, but I just thought, oh my God, this has hit home for 20, nearly 25,000 people mm. and over 200 nearly nearing 200,000 people have heard what I've had to say Mm. and have listened to what I've had to say. And like, that is huge because I I was so done with people coming at me. Like I I didn't have a following or anything like that. I I don't think I did. I had like maybe a thousand people Mm. or 2000 people. And I just thought, oh yeah, you know, people who think like I do are, are on the same page and that they, they thought what I have to say was good. And then from there, it just kind of, oh, um, I had people, I don't even know how, like that was the thing. I just was so, what the hell is going on? I had people contacting me on Facebook. I had message requests. I had the Daily Mail at me twice. I mm. had, um, I had, I had mob contact me from our Omuradjuri country um, the night that that article got put up and they're going, hey, we all back you. We back you out here and not light-skinned mob. Like we're talking all the mob, like everyone is with you. We're standing with you. Um, He said so many people have seen your face and have seen your article. I've had people contact me from the Northern Territory. I've had people contact me from WA. Mm. who are like, we are in the same boat as you and we grew up with similar situations and it's because of you that I've done, I've, I've looked into this or I think differently or I've found family or I'm more connected to culture now. I've had people who message me saying, you have changed me from being a racist to someone who wants to learn about Indigenous history and cares and will be going to Black Lives Matter protests and things like that Mm. i've had parents message me of indigenous children to to you know mothers or fathers and say you have opened my eyes to things that i never even thought about and for me i'm just saying what i think and what i feel like to have people contact me and say you've changed the way i think on a whole level that i never even you know conjured up in my brain is just unfathomable to me Mm. completely like I just 
it's, yeah, I've gone on, but on a tangent on that, but that, but, um, <laughs> all right. but it, that's because it is, it is so, it is so mind boggling to me. And even for you to contact me and be like, you want to do this? Like, I just think, wow, that is mind blowing to me, but I'm so, so, so grateful. Um, and I'm very, very, very grateful and happy, um, for the journey that I'm on now, because without having, you know, spoken my mind, I wouldn't be sitting at this desk mm. talking to you. And I wouldn't be, I mean, I can't say I wouldn't be as immersed in culture as what I am because it's, that that's all it is me. So mm. <laughs> it, that was going to happen anyway. But um, as far as pr- maybe my art anyway, and mm. connecting with people and having such a uh, diverse community, I don't know what I would do without it. Like, oh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I'm so grateful for it. I'm not grateful for getting banned all the fucking time no. <laughs> and getting no. my videos pulled for speaking the truth. But and like I like I was saying, that's been happening since I did like the first couple of videos of I, I did one. If you scroll down far enough on the account, it's about me addressing um, the trolls. <laughs> and I basically said, like, do you actually think what you're saying is going to have an effect on someone? And a yeah. lot of people might turn around and go, oh, but you're sharing the negative comments. What I meant by that is uh, keyboard warriors, yeah. um, you know, just saying just word vomiting shit for the sake of word vomiting shit. Like, why do you think that that's going to have an impact on anyone? You know, you've just wasted your breath. You're going to get deleted. You're going to get blocked. Yeah. That's the difference that I try to say, you know, it's it's different between people need to understand that this is being said compared to this is just word vomit that why did that person, why did that person in their head behind their phone go, I'm going to say this. Like, I yeah. don't understand that mentality. I do not understand that mentality. And I still don't with people who comment random shit like that. Sometimes it's the like the anonymity that the internet grants, but then sometimes people use like their real names and it's linked to like a real Facebook page. Yeah, you can see where they work, and you're like, you're a real person who says these like and and thinks these disgusting things. Like, why would yep. you put that hate out into the world? Like, why? Like, even if you think those things, which obviously like educate yourself, like do better for fuck's sake. But like, yeah. even if you think that, like, why put that hate out into the world? Just like, just think it and move on. Like, why? Mm. Why? Do feel the need to tear someone else down and yes exactly if you like why what 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 inside of you goes i'm gonna say this horrific thing to this person Mm. what like what do i get out of that what what do they get out of it i don't know i mean again like a a lot of it i think comes from like fragility i'm I'm just guessing here but a lot of it comes from like their own lack of sense of self and Mm. I, i mean obviously like for several reasons you know with creators um you know like you like you know, you're an indigenous, like, you know, a powerful, proud indigenous woman. And you talk about these topics, like with fierce pride, like mm. you are a threat to like a lot of this is that white, white male dude is just like threatened just by your very presence, like by your mm. existence. So yeah. like the fact that like you don't back down and like, you know, you aren't this sort of meek, you know, mm. you know, whatever, you know, submissive sort of, you know, whatever their idea of like a woman should be mm-hmm. like, you know, you don't fit their narrow view of the world. And so they attack and, you know, and, and there's lashing out because they're, you know, fragile little creatures, really. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. At the same time, too, I just wonder, and I've said it before on a video, what is, what are people afraid of? Mm. What is so you know, unsettling for them to know that 
there is another human being that doesn't think or exist the way that they do. Mm. Like, seriously, if you're not white, straight, you're wrong. Yeah. And I don't, like, I guess that comes into, and I could go on a real tangent with that, into the whole (laughs) bigger picture of, you know, the whole systematic of controlling people. Of You walk the straight and narrow, you do what we tell you, you sit between the lines, you follow the narrative, you get up, you go to work nine till five, you work for the big man in the suit behind the desk, you keep to yourself, you have your family, you go on your little holidays, you work, you die. Mm -hmm. You keep contributing to the bigger picture that no one's aware of. And no, uh, because as soon as anyone wakes up, or not wakes up, but steps outside of that and goes, Mm. I'm going to dye my hair bright purple. And um, I like the person that's sitting next to me regardless of their sex Mm. well you must be an alien then Mm. you know like i just and yet they think that that we're the ones that are like ruining like that are ruling the world like the you know they're they're saying that you know hollywood is all left and the the politicians are all you know governments are bowing to woke culture and stuff like that it's like it's just people that have finally said like enough is enough like you can't just have everything Exactly. And and they're afraid of that being taken away. But, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. But you, no, you're, abso- you're fine. Absolutely correct. Absolutely. You're fine. I just, I, I wish that I could be a fly on a wall or read someone's mind to try to understand the mentality of mm. because it doesn't look the same as me or doesn't act the same as me, pretty much kill it or yeah. destroy it or hurt it. Like, mm. what is that mentality? I don't know. And that's the thing, like, they just keep breeding. (laughs) There's always more of them. There is, like, and that's the thing. I've got people who comment and they were having, like, back and forth, back and forth with followers. And then I pipe in and go, look, I've had enough of you Mm. trying to downplay truth from my Mm. followers. Do not try to belittle them. Do not try to belittle me. I'm about to block you. I've allowed you to have conversation. This is the thing. People, um, I haven't had anyone say, oh, I've had one person who... I blocked on one account and then they came back on another account. You, you didn't want to have a conversation. You just want to have what you say and have that be it. And I'm like, first of all, what I said is the truth and you can't really move outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but secondly, uh, there's only so much give I'm going to give people before I go, you're talking out of your ass and I don't want other people who can be swayed in that direction to read that and go, that's how it works. Even mm-hmm. though every single other comment is disagreeing with that, like, mm-hmm. You know what I'm what yeah, I'm absolutely. saying? You can't you can't give them an inch because they will take a mile. Exactly. And I and feel this, like they deserve the mile. Mm-hmm. And this one in particular, he was a dad. And he had like his profile photo, he was at like probably mid-30s mm. with this young boy in the profile photo, and he had videos of like the dog and the kid and mm. um, you know, he had his name, but it was a pretty like generic name, like yeah. you know, Bob something like it it wasn't that but yeah bob (laughs) smith like it was a generic name and like i thought you know the exact same thing like i'll punch him into facebook and see if anything comes up of course many names come up and i actually found an account that looked very similar Mm. but and and that had like a full business attached to it like they were a full like scaffolding business or something like that and i'm going you know how do you people put yourself out there like that and continue like continuously back and forth with me you are wrong 
you are not Aboriginal. You are uh, an idiot. Like, and I'm going, who is the who is the idiot here? Like, I know who I am. I know who my family is. And you're going to sit there and debate with me my own life? Mm-hmm. Are you fucking serious? And then to say all this horrible stuff. And then he was trying to to gaslight me by saying because other um, some people had put a comment on saying, "Oh, just thrills, just block him." And he's like, "No, nah, she won't do that because then she won't be able to draw attention to herself." And I said, "Buddy." I couldn't give a fuck what your mentality is um, and I couldn't give a shit about the attention. Mm. I want people to just accept what is and scroll on by without having to say something horrible to me. So I'm, and I blocked him and I don't know, you know, whether the conversation is continuing. I get really confused. People say, unless you delete every single comment and then block Mm. the person, they can still come back and, and comment with other people. I don't know. I it's I know that used to be the case. Like if you blocked them, they could still see the video if other people had tagged them, like in the mm. comments or not. But I, I don't know if that's changed or not. But like that situation in particular, I just thought you are openly uh, trying to debate with me about my own life and you have a, a child that you openly share. Mm. I feel nearly sick knowing that this is the way you think, this is the way you talk. Just because you're on the internet, you can think you can get away with it. And you've got, you know, a possible business and kids, like, and it's just going to continue. Like, at what age does a racist, transphobic, Home of you know you know the person mm. that the the walks the straight and narrow and looks at someone different and can't handle it. At what stage does their child reach that they turn around and go, "You have to hate everyone who doesn't look like you," mm. because that kid is not born racist. No child is yeah. born with these ideas that the person sitting next to them, just because they're different, you know, they have to hate on them. That's not that's not a, that's not a born thing. It's not so natural. at what no. So at what point are these parents saying to their kids, this is what it is? Like, I just, I can't, I cannot wrap my head around it. Yeah. I cannot. And that, I, I guess, is kind of fuels more my, my passion and my pride because if I just, yeah, I don't know, my, my head just spins from it. Like some of the comments that I'll get and I just go, my brain just goes instantly because I go, how do you even conjure this up? Where does this thought process come from? And I've had other creators who will, who will go back and forth and go, whoa, hang on a minute, you need educating and they still try to debate it. And I message them and I say, like, good on you for entertaining with that concept because my brain just completely goes, I don't, I don't get it. And it's probably from years of having to deal with it, you know, from a kid to a teenager in, you know, in real life settings and trauma and bullying and that kind of thing. I just, I just can't deal with it, which is why when I do those video responses to those comments, I do it in that way because I'm able to like hone in on what it is that they're saying. But some of these, I just, I just can't like, yeah. I don't understand. So surely, and I was saying this to a couple of other people too, surely there are more of us good people on this planet, but we all just get silenced. Surely we outweigh the bad. And that's why I say, you know, to everyone, do not 
ever let anyone tell you what's what. You know who you are. You know your culture. You know your family. You know your background, whatever it is. Back yourself. Do not let anyone tell you what's what because that's the only way change happens. Mm. So I guess to to sum up that one question, (laughs) (laughs) that's the content that I push out. (laughs) But I will say, no, you you answered many of my other questions in in doing so. So that was a much more organic way. Yeah, you've turned what was was a listen to a wonderful conversation. (laughs) Um, And I will say, like, you you skipped out on a couple of things that I wanted to talk about in terms of Mm -hmm. content you create because obviously, again, as it says in your profile, like, proud Wiradjuri woman, like, you Mm. are... Like, like, you know, a, a lot of your content has to deal with, um, you know, your indigenous heritage and sharing yeah. culture um, and obviously like clapping back at all these fucking haters because yep. you know, someone needs to tell, put them in their place. Yeah. Um, but you also talk about other things like um, I had honestly never heard of FND before I, you know, got onto your account. And I think I found you on my, like on my FYP, I think someone stitched you or duetted you. Oh, um, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say your viral, viral video um, didn't reach me, but... Um, That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm here anyway. You uh, are. And, I'm um, very grateful. But yeah, you've been like a, like um, very open and very sharing about, you know, like your condition and your, like, yeah, yeah, like your, your health um, and, you know, also like a staunch advocate for mental health. So, mm. yeah, like, is there anything about, you know, about those topics that you'd like to talk yeah. about? Like, like, because you do create content about those. And I think that's also important. It is, it is so important. And that's why, like, I don't, I don't say that all I share is anything about, it's just about being Indigenous or it's just mm. about the conditions or it's just about this, it's just about that. I'm just me. I just share what I feel people will connect with. And mm. so, you know, my mentality, even through school, dealing with my health as bad as it was at the times that it was at its absolute worst, I'd be sitting there thinking to myself, something good has to come from this. I can't. I can't be kneeling on death's door mm. every couple of weeks without something having, you know, if I survive this, if I survive yeah. all the, the illnesses and, and shit that I've had to deal with, then, um, you know, and the trauma as well, yeah. mind you, um, surely something good has to come of it. And it finally is like, and I'm never going to stop. Like, they can try to block me on TikTok. Guess what? I'll make another account. Guess what? Yeah. I'll make another platform somewhere else. I will I will get my voice there somehow. And I only say that because people can connect with me. And that's mm. why I post what I post of I'm, you know, stuck because my FND is absolutely kicking me. Like FND is the most common neurological disorder that is misdiagnosed Mm. or underdiagnosed because it's a software problem it's not a hardware problem it's not something that can be fixed with medication which Mm. is why it is so traumatic in itself because there's really not a lot that you can do for it Mm. there's not enough research for it and so everyone that has fnd it affects them differently so there's a Facebook group that's called FND Support Australia and it yeah. is a community-run organisation because, of course, once again, there's not enough research, there's not enough funding for it mm. um, with neurologist teams and we are learning from each other. So, and as it was, um, I did a video, uh, I think it was a fortnight or three weeks ago now, where I was sitting at this very desk on this very computer trying to process the information from my diploma that at the time um, I had a very 
close deadline for. Mm. And my brain, my, my head, I should say, was I was having physical pains across the top of my head. My arms started to go numb. My hands started to go tingly. And it's not a fight or flight response. That mm. is FND at its finest of I cannot accept any more information. I cannot mm. process any more information. So we can't, because it's a software problem, it's not like I'm going to pass out, although some people do experience that. And that's the mm. thing is that it progresses. My next door neighbor, which is what I was getting to with this story of me sitting here and doing this, um, the neighbor that I said to you that was having the seizure earlier, mm. um, she's on NDIS and she has a carer. And um my mum and I help because um, she's got beautiful cats. So we help mm. sort them out because she's in, she's in and out of hospital every day, like every second day, every week. She's always in hospital. Um, oh, that's awful. It is. It's really, really I, like I wouldn't wish my condition on anyone, but I would not like to be in her shoes is a hell mm. of, a, of another story. Like, uh, but anyway, um, her carer has FND. So what happened was, Mum was sitting here with me and I was like literally tearing at my skull because I'm in physical pain and I can't process anything anymore. And um, they turned up to come back from the hospital and mum said, oh, I've got to go let them in because we've got the house key. And Mm. I was like, okay. And she's like, don't look at the computer anymore. You need to lie down on the bed. You need to relax because um, as my neurologist has said to me and my other doctors have said to me, you can't force it because Mm. that makes it worse. so I just, I did, I had to lie down on the bed and it wasn't really helping. But anyway, um, mum went next door to let them in. And she basically just said, oh, like Lily's having a really bad FND day. And the carer said, what the fuck? I mm. have FND. And so then she brought her up here and we had a really good conversation. And that's where I found out that there is possibly a medication that mm. will help to lessen the zero to 100 can't deal with anything yeah so and one of the biggest triggers for my fnd is food right so that's why the couple of videos um i put out or the the first i think it was the first fnd one of the first no i think it was the the main um video that i put out that i wanted to see i wanted people to see the physical difference between hey here's me on an all right day compared Mm. to i can't function um, and that was me saying, I have to make myself food, but my brain can't. And if I, like, if I think about it enough, I can very easily slip into it. Mm. Um, you know, say this is the cutlery and then, you know, this is the plate. And then I've got my ingredients in front of me. My brain can't figure out what I'm supposed to do with it. It's not mm. executive dysfunction. Like my ADHD, I've, I know executive dysfunction that is i don't know what to do first so you try something and then you put it down and then you try something else and you put Mm. it down it doesn't happen it's not executive dysfunction it's i physically cannot do it i cannot pick up anything i stand there and brain literally goes and this is what the neurologist said too Mm. when that happens when the trigger happens or when the episode comes on or the fnd you know whatever word you want to use the brain literally just goes over there, you're on your own. Good luck. Yeah. And you cannot force it because that's when it leads into these super irreversible um, traits of the FND, which is the seizures, which which is um, like half to whole body paralyzed paralyzation of losing your legs, of 
not being able to 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 swallow even like mm. all of the all of the um not side effects all of the symptoms mm. are indicative of so many other um neurological or disease related or illness related issues which is mm. why people such as myself go their whole lives or years of going through spending all this money to see different specialists having all these tests done for all of them to come back fine mm. and then you know it takes one neurologist visit for them to say it's fnd mm. like and it's proven and i like that's it was so nice to be a part of that fnd page because i was not like within the last couple of weeks i was going there is nothing on this planet that can help me and trust me sitting here telling yourself knowing that there's nothing on this earth that is going to help you and i'm only 23 mm. is also unfathomable because i'm like how am i supposed to live how am i supposed to exist how am i supposed to put one foot in front of the other when it's like this from one minute to the next but you know, th there are some people who are able to, once they finally start getting treatment like dry needling or the right kind of um, psychology to start training the brain to go this to this. And this, I'm talking like years of psychology mm. because one word can be enough to put you into an episode or a seizure or paralyze. You know, it's a chipping, 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 chipping away. So for mm. all the people like that I've seen on there who have been knocked back by the NDIS and disability is because this FND, people need to understand that it is like all the more debilitating than someone who has epilepsy. You know, yeah. when I say that, I don't mean to be insensitive. What I mean, like someone who's able to control their epilepsy um, with medication or they know mm. exactly what their triggers are, they know what they have to stay away from. FND is you got no choice of anything. There's no mm. medication apart from this one that may or may not be helpful. And it's not prescribed to FND patients. It's um, helpful for anxiety and depression. But there's so many of those kind of tablets out there that they've found work for something else. Mm. Um, and a lot of the FND people are saying, oh, my God, it's been kind of like a, you know, a little bit of a godsend. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't hold my hopes up that much for it because my brain is different again. Um, but. I would rather try that than be driving and then have my whole left side go on me yeah. because I've had a thought come into my head that I've got no control over and it's put me into an FND episode. Like mm. that was my neighbor's carer was driving along. Everything's fine. And then the next thing vision starts to go a bit funny. And the next thing she's veering off the road and was only oh, lucky God. enough that she reefed off on the handbrake mm. with her other hand, mind you, Mm. Um, and got her other foot on the brake that they were able to stop and stop safely. But, like, this this is what I'm trying to, like, the point I'm trying to get to is that FND is beyond debilitating. Mm. Every single person with FND has a different way that it comes out because everyone's hormones and chemicals and DNA makeup is different. Mm. So, like I was saying, for me, Food is, for whatever reason, is a trigger and not necessarily just saying, oh, food is a trigger, but when I'm hungry, it'll hit me out of nowhere. Mm. Like I won't, I'll be fine like I am right now, not hungry at all. In 20 minutes time, I could be beyond starving and I'll be sitting mm. here going, 
I'm, I, I can't do anything. I'm stuck sitting mm-hmm. here. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. And I'm so lucky to have my mum, who is the most best person on this planet, mm. to care for me. Um, like I said to her last night, I had I had things on yesterday that I was trying to get done and do, and I, she's like, oh, what are you thinking about doing for dinner? And she saw it instantly in my head. I'm just going, uh, uh, I haven't. We don't, I don't have anything in the freezer. Like I haven't got anything out. And she's like, okay, well, just let me know what you're going to do and I can try and like have a look at something for you. And then um, rang her whilst I was out on one of my appointments and um, said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but there's nothing there. And she said, don't worry, like I'll sort it for you. And as mm. it was last night, as my brain got worse because I'm hungry, it just it just goes hand in hand. Like the more I'm hungry, the more that this shuts off. Mm. I'm saying to her, if you weren't here right now, I would actually go hungry because I physically can't do this for myself. And that's not to say that I don't know how to cook or feed myself or anything. like. It's not like she has to sit there and spoon feed me, Mm. thank God. Um, But it's, it's a, those specific processes that I cannot carry out. Mm. That is why it is so hard Mm. for people to understand and to explain what FND is like because I can only say what my symptoms and what my experiences are and, you know, say that this is what I've seen from other people. I can't say it's a one-size-fits-all shoe because it's not. It affects everyone so differently. But the reason why I wanted to share that is because I figured, you know, with all of the PTSD talk, with all of the anxiety talk, with all the depression talk, which I've done before, mm. um, that people connect with, surely there's a way to start to get people to understand what this FND mm. business is about. And actually since um, doing those first couple of videos, and like I'm not saying that, oh, I started a hashtag and created the FND community on TikTok, but I know for a fact that when I was uploading um start of the year there weren't hashtags for functional neurological disorder there weren't Mm. fnd um awareness posts and i'm you know just would assume that you know other people have gone okay well here's a platform where people talk about things that go on in their life maybe i'll I'll put this out here and see if anyone else has it and that's how it's built and built and built and built and built Mm. there is like over a like 15 million views or hashtags for functional neurological disorder on TikTok now. Wow. And there's actually um, one account that's on there. Um, I can't remember her name at the moment, but she's uh, in London and um, she's actually caught her seizures on camera where she's just oh, come man. up to do a 60-second video. She's talking about what she was doing in the morning and she was actually, I think she was holding her dog. Mm-hmm. Um and she just, oh, no, she wasn't. She was holding um, a, a water pitcher, like a tumbler with like a lid on it because oh. she has to have that because if she goes into a faint, it's just going to, uh, not a faint, a seizure, it's just going to yeah. smash on her. So yeah. she's got it. And you can see it. she's talking, she's talking, and then like she starts to drop. Yeah. And then like she's lucky that she didn't have the straw go into the back of her mouth or anything like yeah. that. And then she's on the floor seizing. Um. And that this is the other thing about FND too is that from er, all the things that I've read, all the things that I've heard from other people with FND who get the seizures, 
it's not like an epileptic seizure where they don't remember what happens. During an FND seizure, you're aware of everything. You are absolutely yeah. paralyzed and trapped in your own body and you can't say a fucking word. So you could be in a seizure for five minutes and you're aware of everything the entire time. That's terrifying. I've got to tell you, that is like sleep paralysis, but you are awake and it's you, real pretty much. happening. Yeah, pretty much. Not, not to discredit sleep paralysis, but... No, no. But, but that's, that's... Yeah, that, that's scary. That's some scary shit. And for me, with my anxiety and with how my FND already is, like thinking about that even now, mm. I have to go, you're okay. I haven't experienced that kind of situation yet and I don't want to. And that's why, you know, I have to do what's best for me. I have to do what keeps my brain de-stressed and... And and it kind of links up for me to this this whole society world that we live in of the fast paced work from nine to five Monday through Friday, Saturday, um, you know, you've got to be bang 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 get it all done. Mm. It's gonna kill us. It's yeah. going to kill us. Humans are not meant for this built up world to be doing all that we're doing. I mean, yes, um, technological evolution and everything like that, but like look at the science of the human body and the human brain. We're not mm. meant to be put under this type of stress. And um, the thing about FND is that uh, there are do some doctors who have barely heard of it and they go, oh, it's related to trauma. It's because you've got PTSD. You don't have, an, you don't have a neurological disease um, condition. You have really bad PTSD. And that's why um, so many people get knocked back with the NDIS because and I'm very fearful for myself for this as well. I just had um, the psychiatrist's um, phone appointment to try and get a, a, a letter in support of me getting on the NDIS mm. um, because I do have trauma as well as the FND. But I, my symptoms of FND, you know, really thinking about it, I was in primary school before anything had ever happened to me um, trauma-wise. Um, I, I know that I would wake up during the night with weird sensations down my legs, like, mm. and I would, and my mom can vouch for this. She remembers me coming in going, mom, like I've got this weird feeling in my, like from the top of my butt down to my feet, like, mm. I don't know what this is. And she'd go, oh, like, you know, just not that she didn't believe me. I'm not saying that at all. It's just like mm. confused or are you yeah, just overtired you, or yeah like what do I do about that and I would just say oh like you know is it like a headache but in my body can I just have some Panadol and I guess the Panadol would be enough to relax me to put me back to bed mm -hmm. but where I'm going with that is is that I had to make that very clear to the psychiatrist that my FND symptoms have been there prior to me trauma. having ever going through any trauma mm -hmm. um but yeah, what they say is because when the brain is stuck in that fight or flight, and I do this because that's the, the gland that's in the base of your neck, um, that, you know, the the rational brain completely goes dead and everything mm. happens in the fight or flight system, um, that uh, you just – and it's, my brain even goes trying to think about it, but um, uh, not in a bad way. Like, I'm just forgetting what I'm talking about as I'm talking about it. Oh, um, I do it too. <laughs> That'll happen. Um, it's oh, so what I was going to say was um, the link between the fight or flight and the FND episode. 
they are directly related because if you think about the amount of stress that the brain is under, which causes the FND, if you're constantly in fight or flight, of course that's going to have a chain reaction to that. Mm. But it's not caused by trauma. Yeah. That's what is so hard for people to understand. And it's so hard even having like to, to try and explain it, especially to a psychiatrist, a, uh, a specialist, these types of people that have been working in their fields for 30 plus years. And they're only just now hearing about this FND business. And mm. that's why with me posting it, if any of my followers have symptoms or, you know, have been in and out of specialists and doctors and hospitals all their life or they've got kids or a family member that's done the same and that always comes back, you know, negative results, go and get checked for FND. Like, you know, it's just it's just creating another avenue for someone who has nothing left. Like, it's it's bringing awareness to the table because, I mean, if if I could be a hand in helping my fellow FND people with getting the conversation talked about, getting more research into it, getting more funding into it, fantastic. Because yeah. I would not wish this on my worst enemy. I would not wish this, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I I, I would get to backtrack I, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, the person the from my trauma, I I I I'd probably wish it on him. But <laughs> maybe some of the TikTok trolls, you know, like the real the real vile ones. Oh uh, no! Like it, uh, that's what I mean. Like it is. I I would not wish it on anyone. Like I'd wish it on James Cook, and I'd wish it on Hitler, and I'd wish yeah. it on the you know perpetrators who do horrible shit like that, and mm -hmm. people have caused you know, trauma, but, um, trolls, you know, people, people can learn and grow. Um, but I, I, that's the thing. That's what I mean. This is so debilitating. It's so horrific. It is so traumatizing in itself that I don't wish it on anyone. Yeah. Um, like every day, every hour of the day, I have no idea what's going to, what my mentality is going to be like, or what my day, my, pro my productivity is going to be like. And this is the other thing that I had to explain to that doctor too, because I had my PTSD triggered in July last year, which, um, and I don't, I don't openly talk about it on TikTok because the last thing that I need is people coming to me and going, oh, well, you're not working. Um, well, I have a very good reason that I'm not working because I'm not physically capable to do so. Mm. I cannot physically process information. If I'm sitting behind a desk and had someone say to me, you need to do this, 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 and this, I will go into dissociative, mm. a dissociative seizure because that's, that's kind of the, 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 the word that they're calling it for me is going into this dissociation of I'm not here, I'm not here, uh, I'm not breathing, I'm not mm. here, um, but I'm able to be brought out of it in time, but it's not that I'm in a fit kind of thing. And I, yeah. I would much prefer to be in a dissociative episode than, than that, because I can, I can come out of that, like not on my own, but you know, with, with help, I can come mm. out of it. So, Oh, what was I going with that? What was I saying? Just that there's some stuff that you like to keep to yourself and that you don't want oh, people. Well, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's right. So I don't openly say, you know, Oh, well, I'm not working at the moment because I don't need those comments on top of everything else of my mm. parents and what I'm doing and what I'm not doing, what I'm sharing and what I'm not sharing. Yeah. Um, but that, that experience actually saw me out of the studio, out of, out of the job that I, that clicked with my brain that I absolutely love of me teaching Pilates. 
And um, the thing is, is that, you know, I, I really don't care. I'll, I'll talk about it because Are you, sure? I doubt you, it. you absolutely don't have to. No, it's okay. Um, like, I'm not going to name names or anything like that. Yeah. But this was, um, this was a person who was very much involved in my life, knew full well my trauma, my history, the way that my brain works, was very accommodating in the workspace. Um, also, I had thought, was very caring. Um, I now know what it feels like to be lying in bed, wake, like wake up and go, it's just instant of this. Oh, I'm not getting out of bed. I can't. Like I, mm. I can't even pick my arm up to get pick my phone off the bedside table. Mm. Like I now know what it feels like to be a complete empty shell. And the reason that I say that in that way is because I've been numb for a very long time, and mm. the only thing that enters into is. And I can describe it very well because it's exactly how it feels for me anyway with the waves of depression is something bad will happen. Someone will say something horrible to me or whatever the situation might be. And I'll feel nothing. And then I'll, I'll remove myself from the situation. And then I'll be thinking about it, thinking about it as you do. And then I'll feel this like someone's um, pouring water into like something with a level leveler in it. And it's mm. like going down, going down, going down, going down. I go, Oh, here comes that depression feeling. And then it's like this surge of I don't want to exist. And then mm -hmm. it, it just goes back to I feel absolutely nothing. Mm. I, I, I thought that was rock bottom. No. Being in bed, not able to roll over. Mm. Not like that. That is rock bottom. Like I never understood when people said to me, I'm that depressed that I can't eat or I'm not hungry. And I'd go, uh, what the hell? As if your brain's not going to turn around and sing send signals to your stomach and go, I'm hungry. I was lying in bed for three days with no food. Mm. And it didn't even faze me. Not once. It doesn't even cross your mind. And truly, uh, there was one night that... I was not thinking to myself, I don't want to be here anymore. It was the, I've been through so much and I can't go through anymore. And I don't want to live with this feeling of absolutely empty nothingness. Like I said to you before, I know what it's like to be numb and then have that, oh, but I feel really sad. And that's the only thing you ever feel is mm. sad or angry or depressed. I now know what it's like to be, be like, below that which is nothing absolutely mm. nothing zero i can't like i wish i could describe it in other words apart from you just feel like an abyss yeah. there's absolutely nothing at all there is no emotion there is no sadness there is no despair there is no depression there is nothing like that is something that i also would not wish on anyone mm. because that that one night that i was trying to get myself to eat food and I needed a knife and fork and I remember very clearly picking up the knife and not the thought crossing my mind of I'm going to do something mm. it was a fleeting what if and I literally threw it yeah I threw it across the counter and I felt something yeah for the first time in a couple of weeks and I went I I don't want that I don't want that that's not what I'm that's I want to live. I want to have a good life. I want to feel. I want to experience things. 
but I can't keep existing feeling like this, which is feeling nothing, which is nothing mm. at all. Unfortunately, there was some really bad counseling in the middle before I got onto the psychologist that I'm with now. And mm. that's a story that I've been wanting to share with people because like, I've seen a couple of videos pop up on my FYP of um, people saying like, you know, share the most like the horror story um, mental yeah. health uh, situation that you had that could have like altered your life for the worst. Mm. Um, and it was FTT, FDT or CBT training i can't remember the name of it no Mm. cbt training is what i'm trying to do now but the um there's another one with another acronym that i can't remember but basically um this practice that i went to and this council that i had seen when you know your doctor calls them and says this patient is completely dissociative they feel nothing and cannot do anything outside of that and then to sit down in front of a counsellor who goes okay here's the fairy pen literally a pen with a fucking fairy head on it mm-hmm. you're going to look at this and you're going to think of a happy time you're going to think of a happy memory and I'm going I can't think lady I can't I don't know what happy is I don't, I've never heard of like you know it's like like mm-hmm. I've never felt that before in my life oh but you need to you need to think of a, of a good memory I can't do that. I can only think about, you know, if I look at the shoes that are on my feet that I know that I've got shoes on my feet. I can't mm. fucking think. So I literally n- nearly had to be, like, pulled out of, like, carried out mm. of there. I was nearly crawling out of there because I was so, like, after that experience, it was just, I just thought, okay, I'm, I'm stuck like this forever, you know. That didn't help. Nothing else is going to help me. <laughs> Um, which is why, I, like, the reason why I say I want to share that experience with people is to say, because I've heard, you know, so many times and I've been through so many different counsellors and psychologists and things like that, that you just have to find the right person that you click with mm. to feel comfortable, to feel like you're on the same page. And to a lot of people who have trauma, it's an energy thing. It's a literal, you can, when they say the vibes are off, it's exactly that. If you don't feel totally comfortable with the person that you are trying to share your trauma with, you're not going to be able to do it. Mm. And they're not going to be able to connect with you. And there are a lot, unfortunately, there are a lot of people in these positions who have absolutely no idea what they're doing um, and should not be should not be in the positions that they are Mm -hmm. um and like that's not to say that that type of therapy whenever i remember the acronym um Mm. doesn't work i'm not trying to discredit any type of cognitive therapy at all all i'm saying is for me in that situation that could have if if i didn't have support around me i could have very easily gone home and done the unthinkable Mm um you know like it's just, what am I trying to say here? I want people to understand that there is actually help. There is help. There is support. Unfortunately, it just can just seem like a long road to find it. And that's why I want, I, not that's why, but I hope that people can connect with anything that I put out. And I've had, mm. um, I've had someone even in the last 48 hours contact me who I've seen pop up in some lives before Mm. um, saying, you know, 
this is my circumstance, um, which I won't go into. Um, and I don't know why I feel comfortable sharing that with you, but I do. And I have no support and I've got no help. But watching you paint on your live was like mm. a break for five minutes. And to hear that is like, I want to be able to reach through the phone and give that person a hug and to go, I want to give you all these resources and I want to give you all the support that I could possibly can. But I have to, I have to protect myself because mm. I'm one penny drop away from, you know, the wrong, the wrong um, well, yeah. symptom. Like I have to look after myself in that sense. But that's why I, I really hope, and it's, I guess proof is a little bit in the pudding that people are, are feeling that way that they can connect and feel comfortable with me. Um, just feeling like I'm a friend that they can mm. see pop up on their phone. Um, because that's all I would have wanted in my space. The way my head was last year um, mm. is just to, I don't know, whatever goes on in our brain chemistry when we see someone and go, oh, my God, I feel like I, I connect with what they're saying or I feel like they're a safe person or whatever it is that happens. That's all I'd want. That is all that I'd want. And yeah. I'm so glad that people can get that. Um, but and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't share a lot of, you know, the trauma stuff because I haven't been really ready to do that. Mm. So having people contacting me, from that side of things without even me having to share it is, is a big deal, mm. I think. Um, and I'm again, just grateful that people feel comfortable in um, and, and, and accepted, which is like I said, is all I want. It's just mm. people to feel like they can be themselves and they have support. There's someone out there, even if I don't get to interact with them one-on-one that, you know, I, I don't have to see you. I don't have to know your name. I don't have to look you in the eyes. But wherever you are, I fucking believe in you. I, you, you can back yourself. It sounds ridiculous when you are in that headspace and you feel absolutely nothing. But the sun is going to come up again tomorrow. Mm. You have another day. You've got every day to try again doesn't matter if it takes three months doesn't matter if it takes two years it's gonna feel like fucking shit but let me tell you there will be the day that you'll wake up that you'll have one moment mm -hmm. that you'll be able to build yourself from and i know i know for a fact that right now it doesn't feel like that but all i want people to know is that this is not the end there is something else. There mm. is something else. You have to believe that for yourself. Back yourself. As much as you feel like you feel absolutely nothing or anything like that, there is. There is. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, you go. <laughs> After you. Oh, I was just going to say, like, um, you know, I can't quite recall what it was exactly. I mean, you know, combination of that moment of me feeling that little bit of myself going, I don't want that to the psychology, to um, having supportive people around me. And that's why I say again, even when you feel like there's absolutely no one, there is, mm -hmm. there, there has to be, there's got to be someone. And like I said, for me not sharing that kind of stuff and have people contact me like that, you know, if I can be that one person that that person goes, Oh, I'm going to brush my teeth today, even mm. though I'm not talking about anything traumatic. 
that's insane in itself. Mm. Um, um, what was I saying before that? Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was I? What was I saying? Um, so I, I was, oh, I was so yes. that I lost track myself. No, that's okay. I've remembered. So, for, like, yes, having supportive people. Um, mm. And in saying that, like, I'm not going to go into that level of detail because I don't know who or what or when is going to hear this. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this to drag anyone. Um, situations have changed, and I'm not with my partner. Mm. I'm not with that person anymore. Um, but you know, as much as the support that I did have around me, I did have a lot of um, unsupportive people in the mix as well that made mm. things very difficult for me. Um, uh, so it wasn't all, oh, everyone here, we give you all the love and support and everything. It was not like that. It was not like that at all. Um, I was just lucky that I had key, you know, points that were able to help me through, especially my mother. I'm putting her at the top of everything. (laughs) (laughs) My mom over everything. Um, uh, the, and that's what I'm hoping to share for people to connect with as well is that to bring you out of a state like that even when you feel absolutely nothing you you know if you're in your space um and you're fortunate enough to have things that you love that's in your space try to remind yourself that you are in your space and you are surrounded by things that you do love and what could you possibly entertain your brain with that you know that you love you might not feel that you love it but what could you possibly pick up to remind you that that is a core part of you like mm. for me culture you know I pick up if if I was I'm just using a flipping example but you know if I, I was in that space and I had my rain sticks in front of me I would pick it up and I'd go what is it that I love about this that I connect with so much with it mm. I might not feel anything but at least it's it's just a moment of attempting to do something and like I said it might not it might not be it's not that easy it's it might take months it might take whatever but it's you know something to grasp onto to just go oh yeah you know when I'm okay okay me really likes this so I Mm. wonder if I can try to tap into that if that makes any sense so when it came to me sitting at this computer right now talking to you and this is the thing like my brain has blocked out a lot of since july till probably about september october last year Mm. um uh and that's also too because i had to then scramble and find a way to be able to complete my education without having access to a studio because Mm. once again this was during covid and the studio that i was working at is where i do all my practice do all of my hours everything like that and i wouldn't have to worry about covid because i work there and i have you know i was allowed to be in there and do what i needed to do when i needed to do it um so yeah it was very i was i honestly i didn't think i was going to make it through 2020 Mm. um even without having been sick with covid i didn't think i was going to make it through 2020 um, but that's where I was coming to to say that with me being Aboriginal um, and my family trauma and my family history and everything being pre-planned, that I've always been fighting to find my family. I've always been fighting to be involved in culture, as I've said many times. Mm. But from being absolutely rock-fucking-bottom and for the first thing to catch my brain and my attention and my my spirit, I was at the gym because I'm going, 
you know, it, out of everything, the first thing that you, I started to feel again was was body dysmorphia of, mm. oh, my God, of all my health, like I'm going to start to decline again and this, that and the other. So I was at the gym and I remember, I don't remember what I was doing exactly, um, but I know that I was on YouTube and Barker for my titters popped up. Mm. And I was like, what's this? Like, why is there an Aboriginal song like popping up on like the, the main page of my YouTube? Like I've not looked at anything like that. Mm. And I clicked on it and that became my anthem all day, every single day. Mm. I know the lyrics to that song off by heart. Like that gave me something actually. And I think what it was too, was that I was starting to notice that, you know, they have all the stupid little TVs at the, you know, mm-hmm. at the gym that you go to with all the random shit that goes on there. And one of them actually had an NITV okay. and I was seeing, you know, black fellas on there, you know, up in the NT or out in the Kimberleys or whatever. And I'd be like, I want to be there. I want to learn. I want to know what they're doing. And then the next thing, Barker song came on YouTube and that yeah. became my anthem. And that, listening to that song, of all the shit that I've been through, like, you know, you can listen to the words yourself and whatnot and how, you know, I connected to that song was like a fire. I'm still fucking here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do myself in. I'm still here. I'm still surviving just like my ancestors just like my aunts and uncles, just like my father, just like my fucking family. Uh, and regardless of the Aboriginal side of things, you know, the shit that my mum's had to go through, like, you know, both sides of, of the family have had mm. trauma and things like that, but all the more so dad's side, you know, I'm still fucking here. I, as I mentioned before, you know, I've been fighting and finding and searching for family forever, um, all through high school, um primary school not so much because I was a kid I had no idea what I was doing but high school as soon as I was aware that I had family that I'd never met before I was like that's not cool and they're like my culture that's what I'm supposed to be involved in that's what I've been separated from blah 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 blah. Mm. so that song got me so fired up that I sent a message to one of my cousins that um I'd spoken to a handful of times which is one of my aunt's um daughters and I said where is auntie I know that you've that you talked to her because and I'll say this like for for my family and their trauma meeting new family is traumatic in itself because they know for a fact that there's going to be questions about Mm -hmm. what happened there's going to be family questions it's all too hard it's all Mm -hmm. too traumatic and I knew and I know that's the reasons as to why um, when I was trying to contact them on my own that I wasn't getting anywhere with it because they're so traumatised themselves to be able to pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and my heart just sinks and I just like, you know, it's it just sucks that that's the situation. And that's what I want people to understand too. That's intergenerational trauma in itself. Yeah. That my own my own aunties and uncles couldn't feel like they could talk to me because of the trauma that they've gone through. That's inhibiting them from being able to have contact with their niece. Like that's intergenerational trauma in itself. The flow on effect that that's had to me is feeling like, why don't my family want to know me? And it's not that at all. It's we have to break down barriers in order to be able to meet you. Hearing your name is hard enough as it is. Like, Mm-hmm. because the contact just wasn't there and anyway off on that tangent um uh yeah I said to my cousin where is she 
like I I know she's you know somewhere down south. I will go door knocking on every institution down there that's heard of her name to try mm. and find her. I need this. You don't understand. I'm I don't know how I'm still here, but I need my family. I need mm. this. And she's like, "It's okay, cuz. It's okay. I know what you're talking about." And I'm like, "It's not okay. I get that they're in pain." And I don't want to step on anyone's toes with any of that. But I'm nearly 23. Like at that point, I was nearly turning 23. I said, Mm. I need to know our family. This is killing me. You don't understand the physical pain that I'm in of not knowing these people. Mm. And she's like, all right, I'm going to, I'll have a chat to mum. He will hopefully have a chat to auntie. And then the next thing, um, this is all through message. Uh, The next thing, it was about a couple of days or a week or so later, and she rang me on Messenger, and I was like, oh, like I've not – I've only spoken to her once before over the phone. Yeah. Um, And so for her to ring me out of the blue was like – I was like, I don't know what to expect when I answer. And she said, you're going to love me. And I just was (laughs) – I started crying. I was bawling my eyes out instantly and like, don't don't pull my leg like don't just what do you mean like why do you think I'm gonna love you like unless you're gonna tell me yeah. that she's gonna want to see me tomorrow like I'm not gonna be happy and she's like auntie has agreed to meet with you and I'm like oh my god like it was that was like I'd graduated or that was like I'd won the lottery like that yeah. was a huge deal and I was like what when where how how is this gonna happen she's like you've got auntie's number um and she said don't call her because she doesn't do well with, you know, talking to people on the phone that she hasn't met before. Um, And I'm like, okay. Um, She's like, just send her a message and see what she comes back with. And I was sick to my stomach sending her a message Mm. because, again, I'm very much aware of the trauma and everything that's gone on, you know, auntie's book, all the shit that she wrote about and everything that they've gone through. Um, I didn't want to say anything that would possibly deter her from, you know, taking it back and going, oh, no, actually, I can't do this. Like, yeah. I, I had an inch. And in that current state of mind that I was in, that was, like I said, like winning the lottery. That was huge. Mm. And so as it was, we were texting and it was good and um, we set it up for me to go and meet her. And the biggest reasoning was out of fear that I was going to be like fa- their, their stepmother. Mm. Um, which once again is, is, is the white Christian woman. Mm. And as soon as I was telling, you know, saying to them, you know, my experiences through life and my experiences with that person, Mm. um, I said, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to, I don't refer to them as any, and it's any family to me at all. Um, Mm. and I wish I never knew them. Um, and she just relaxed instantly and everything. It was like literally the the world come off of her shoulders yeah. and we've been like this ever since. And she, you know, she pretty much kind of said that. And this is funny too because people ask me like, how long have you been painting for? How long have you been doing this or doing that? And um, as most people know, like that small purple one is like the first canvas that I've done. But what people don't know uh, <laughs> unless they listen to this is that mm. um, when I was down there with auntie, the one thing that I said to her was, can we please sit down and do dotting together? Uh, that's the one, like, the, if, if that's the only cultural thing that I'm able to get from, from you know, being here apart from 
catching up on life and understanding each other and that kind of thing and connecting. Mm. If the one cultural thing that I can do, can we please sit down and do donning together? And she's like, of course, one day I'm because it's nice. Um, mm. And so I do. I have um, this uh, piece of paper that um, is my very first dotting with auntie. Mm. And uh, the one thing that she said to me was that, now you've got to remember one day, uh, artists always sign their work, so you can't leave until you've signed it. Mm. And I thought, like, I mean, like I have it, it's in a very safe safe place and um, mm. I don't really want to share that with people because that was a very, um, of, like a huge deal for me to sit down with yeah. her. Of all the culture that I've missed out on in my life, to sit down with auntie, who mm. wrote skin painting, who was a recognised elder, who is an auntie, like, in itself, for me to sit down with her and paint yeah, was, like, once again winning the lotto. Yeah. And I didn't want to leave, and she kind of didn't want me to leave either, but at the same time she was like, okay, let's, like, I'm, I'm a bit drained from this. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know, it's okay. Mm. And um, from there it's like I've been propelled. Um mm. And in saying that, I would backtrack and say it's not like I've been propelled. It's just that I've had access because mm. my whole childhood, my whole high school, there are people that I, you know, you know, friends, co um, not colleagues, but acquaintances at school that I've spoken to in the last couple of weeks and mm. they've seen my face pop up somewhere and they're like, oh, my God, like kudos to you you're doing amazing for for standing up and saying something and mm. they'd be like you know we remember you saying at school i am aboriginal why aren't i being included in this or i am aboriginal like you need to understand this or you know it's not like a brand new out of the blue oh i've met this one person oh and now i'm aboriginal it's mm. i've fucking been fighting this trying to own my identity since i was a child it's just that's why I say it feels like now it's propelled because it's it's opened up into what it has now. Yeah. Um, and uh, the next thing that was to happen, which I haven't heard from the person who had um, contacted and found me, but um, whether or not you know, but NADOC week last year had to be rescheduled, obviously, mm. because of COVID. So rather than it being kicked off in July, it was moved to November. Mm. And it was actually the week later after me seeing auntie that NADOC was happening. Now, okay. because COVID was still on, mm. um, I had also been scheduled in to have my tonsils taken out. So I was still like kind of on the tail end of recovering from tonsillectomy. And I had to be very careful about um, being out in possible COVID hotspots. Mm. And majority of the NADOC events anyway were live features of, slideshows and things like that and educational videos and things but the one that wasn't was um down on Gadigal lands on, in, in Darling Harbour outside of the contemporary arts um building there um and they had the stalls set up and they had the um the morning of the Sunday I think I think it was yeah it was the Sunday they were doing um a smoking ceremony and a welcome to country and uh I was a little bit nervous about going down because of my health again uh with COVID but at that point too I had um already I was already following a couple of different people on on like Instagram and things in Indigenous people who were um 
not so much activism, but, you know, mm. doing basically what I'm doing now, making a conversation, making noise about it. Yeah. Um, uh, through Barker, like seeing, like following her and then having other accounts pop up and that kind of thing. Um, and so what had happened was they were doing the Welcome to Country and they were doing um, traditional dances. And I can't remember the name of the dance group at the moment, but um, they were inviting people to come up and join in with um, some of the welcome dances. And no one was doing it. There were two kids who were like, mm. oh, yeah, I'll do it. And I said, I'm not missing this. Mm. And so I got up and I like heard a couple of people go, what? <laughs> and then um like the dance group they were like yes like this is so good and the shirt that i was wearing um uh i have it i can't remember what it's on i've got a photo of it on somewhere on one of my pages and um oh it's just, always was always will be mm, yeah. and they're like yep always was always will be and i think like again because um We'd also just come out of winter too, so it was a little pasty little chicken then, especially. <laughs> um, and uh, they were—I think they were just thinking that I was an ally. Uh, then they kind of looked at me a bit more, and they were like, "Oh, hang on a minute, no, you're 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 um you're mob." And I'd seen a couple of photographers mm. around, and they were kind of perked up when they saw me get up. Um, and we did. We did the dance and I was like shaking the whole time and I was like mm. messing it up because I'm going, I don't want, like, I can't culturally, I can't culture appropriate because I am a part of the culture, but I don't want to, I don't want to butcher it because it's the first time in my life mm. that I've been involved in it. And I, I want it, I don't know, I don't know how to put it in words. I just, I wanted it to be really good. Um, and they were like, oh, thank you so much for getting up and, like, you know, who's your mob and who's this and who's that? And, like, we had a quick little yarn and then sat down. I didn't even get to sit down. And three news people approached me mm. and two wanted photos of me, um, like, you know, doing my fist in the air overlooking Darling Harbour. And mm. um, keep in mind at this point I didn't have the tattoo yet, but I had this one and this one, just not mm. my flag. Um and there was this woman and she said, you're going to be in a documentary. And I was like, <laughs> what? Sorry? Say again. Um, yeah. So can you repeat that, please? And like during this time, like the, the, the group was still happening and everything was still going on. I was wanting to focus on all of that. I didn't want to be interrupted. But um, she's like, no, like you're, you're going to be, you're in the footage. You're going to be in this documentary. Um, and it's going to be put up. And I can't remember for the life of me because my brain was just, imploding at the idea of me being on a fucking documentary yeah. <laughs> um like I'm just no one like what the hell uh yeah I was I couldn't fathom really what she was saying and she told me I, it's either night tv or or something um oh university of something I don't know but it was going to be aired at some point and um she took my number and she said I'll I'll send you a message when it's up and what was funny was I sent a message back a day later saying, oh, I just wanted to double check like what platform or what website or, you know, where this documentary was going to be available. And I never heard anything back. So I don't know if like where someday there's going to be a video <laughs> of me doing traditional dance with mm. blue hair, not not red. Um, 
on on in Sydney in Gadigal Lands and um I was just like why like why is this a novelty to people mm. why is me getting up and involving myself in culture a novelty and that's when it really started getting me thinking about this whole light skin business you know mm. apart from all the other crap that I've had to deal with all my yeah. life I'm going you know I thought it was just people who just were ridiculous saying ridiculous things no this is everywhere mm. i am a novelty this this situation is a novelty i don't understand that like what the fuck um and you know we're on the train going home and i was like totally buzzing i just thought it was i had the best time you know going through the stalls and seeing the art and meeting people there's a beautiful dreaming of country i think it's dreaming of country i met them um, they, at their market store and they were so beautiful and connected with them so well and they they follow me and my things and we we um, check in from time to time um, and yeah so that was a fantastic day uh, it's also where I got my little mini canvas that people like to talk about with my goanna on there because that's done by a Wiradjuri artist it's our totem this is the goanna um, and so I took that and I had that and that was my, my one thing that I had from that day of going, oh, yes, like I did the dance and I have my piece and, you know, that kind of thing. And then it was TikTok mm. because I was like, I want my flag. I want my fucking flag. Like, you know, um, people have their, their gay pride flags hanging up in their room or, you know, their, their, their home country flags hanging up. I want my flag. Mm-hmm. And then when it came to to ordering it, Carolyn Richardson is 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 the owner of Flag World, and they're just a big company mm. making fucking flags. They are the ones with the rights, the copyright to the flag. So this is not to be mixed up with the um the um the the what do you call it? Not trademark. Um, well, I guess it is the, the copyright copyright trademark for reproducing the image of the flag on clothing, which is to wham clothing, which is yeah. not Indigenous-owned. So Carolyn Richardson of Flag World and wham clothing, neither are Indigenous-owned. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think people were aware that the actual flag itself, like the like a literal flag that you put on a pole, mm. like that was also had absolutely nothing to do with Indigenous people. And that was the video that I made. And I said, this is not okay. Why is our flag being sold, reproduced, having all the monies go towards a big business that do not give a fuck about our people? Why aren't the profits going directly back into the people? It's our flag. Like, does that not make sense to other people? And it, it, it went. It went a bit. And that's when people started commenting going, why do you even care? You're not even black. Like, uh-huh. why do you care? You're not even yeah. Aboriginal. And I'm like, I know what my skin looks like, but you don't know who you're talking to. Yeah. You don't know someone's life experience. And I think, I believe it's still on there. I was very sassy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to go back and watch that. <laughs> oh, no. I was very... um like, did you go to school? Because that's where you learn about the stolen. Ge- I'm pretty. That's exactly no. what I said. Like, that's what, where you learn about the stolen generation. And it, like, I don't know if I've like privated or whatever now because, um, as it is, a lot of people have not learned 
that mm. you know the stolen generation had. But I was just so fired fucking up that I was like, "Come on, this is common sense." Yeah, you know the the, the whole point of the stolen generation was to bleed the Aboriginal blood out of society. I look like this because of the stolen generation. Don't fucking come to me and tell me what I am or am not. And then it built up from there. (laughs) And then it was, well, and um, there was another step between there and there because it was me telling the keyboard warriors because I was getting all of the comments. Mm. You're an idiot. You're adopted. You're dropped. You're you're retarded. Like, you're a fucking mm. moron, you're a psycho, you're sick claiming something that you're not. And that's why I made that video saying, um, you fucking keyboard warriors, you think that just because you say you're not Aboriginal, I'm going to go, oh, yep, that's right. I wasn't born from an Aboriginal fucking family, like on my dad. Mm. Like, no, that didn't happen. Hospital don't have me on their paperwork as being Aboriginal. No, that didn't exist. Fuck that. No. Um, and then it was the, that that the one that you know the one that makes you go viral or whatever mm. and now we're here <laughs> <laughs> i'm very so, glad we're here <laughs> i i am too i am too like I, I very much could do without the the shit but um and this is the thing of all my my childhood and my high school life i've been pushed into a box i've been told to fit the narrative you're too loud you're too this you're too that it's it's either too much or not enough yeah. And I was not filtering anything for anyone. I don't give a fuck. I got nothing to lose. Mm. Like I've I've had absolutely nothing to lose. I'm just being me. I'm just being real. I'm just telling people how it fucking is. And pe- that resonates with people. That resonates with other real people. And this is how change happens. Change does not happen without making noise. And mm. like I've said already, having people contact me, thanking me, you know, just not even expecting a reply just I don't even know if you're ever going to see this but you've done so much for me or you've helped me find my family or you've helped me reconnect or you've done this or that just by me being me after being told my whole life to not be me is you know I don't, I don't know I can't really put it in words <laughs> it's 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 very nice to just be me and that's why I want people to feel like they can be themselves because it shouldn't have to take 20 years Mm. to be yourself. It shouldn't. It shouldn't have to take everyone belittling you and hating on you to turn around and blow the fuck up so you can be yourself. That's so disgusting. Absolutely. I actually have like just a a quick question here. I know I'm I'm trying not to um, to take up too much of the space, but just – I know it's a, it is a bit of a big question, and you know yeah. we've we've done a lot of big talks. But do you think that there is something in like because we see it a lot in like TV and movies, like you know just in in media in general, we do see like a lot of that narrative of like growth can only come from trauma, mm-hmm. like you know like you know I had to go through my darkest moment to become you know who I am now, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But no one, and that that's like a real common trope, but no one seems to really address the fact that like the conditions that created that trauma are what I kind of get what you're saying. Like it's, it's like the trauma shapes the person that you are, but at the same time, I'm still me without my trauma. Yeah. And, and you know, like if we hadn't had all these societal expectations and pressures and like, you know, if, you know, if the conditions for the trauma hadn't existed, maybe you would have been this version of yourself earlier. Like maybe you would have had the chance to, to, to be who you are. 
like exactly. I'm not saying you specifically, like the gen- general you, like people yeah. that you know have you know gone through and experienced you know um, trauma or like life changing experiences um, for better or worse, but come out the other side and you know find that they do love who they are. Yes, like, and to that, may I add that for people who have never been through anything. It should not take a traumatic experience for you to feel empathy for somebody. Oh, that is huge. Thank you. Like, seriously, it should not take someone having to go through something to be able to sit back and just go within themselves and say, that person has been through something that I will never understand. Mm. But that's that person's story. You cannot sit there and go, that person's been through something I'll never understand. So it didn't happen. Yeah. No, that's not how it works. And I know too many people who have had gone through nothing. They've just coursed through life Mm. like on a riding a wave and it's just been just fine. And they have something happen to them. Mm. And then the next thing they're a new person. That's bullshit. That is fucking bullshit that you have Mm. to go through something to care to listen to understand that is bullshit and i guess that kind of comes down to i guess the system once again of you know unless you have something happen to you then why would you question the narrative why would Mm. you question anything else but the thing is is that we aren't born with microchips not fucking yet anyway um (laughs) you know no one is typing in how you should be thinking or feeling so with that, people seriously should be able to look at someone and accept that that is their story without having to go, well, I don't understand it, so it didn't happen. That's fucking bullshit. Mm. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that you should have to go through something to connect with something that someone's telling you. Yeah. I mean, oh, and yeah. that's like I can say – For myself and my own experiences, my basically sister, who uh, we met through trauma counselling as kids, like I'm talking, we were in primary school. Mm. She would say to me, you know, I'm having a PTSD attack. And I would not understand what that's like. I understand that I have PTSD and I have depression. I have depressive moments and I have really bad anxiety, you know, at that point in my life. But I didn't understand what a PTSD um episode was you know she'd Mm. say that her her feet would go numb and there'd be pressure on her chest and that she thought she was going to vomit and I'd go not I didn't believe her but I don't know what that's like I've never experienced Mm. that so I can't put myself in your shoes and I hope that I never experienced that and I have Mm. (laughs) I have experienced that and that's what I mean when I say you know it's that that's that's the difference that's the black and white of I understand that I've not been through what you have physically experienced, but I'm not going to undermine your story just mm. because I've not experienced that myself. If you're out there and you do that to someone, don't. <laughs> you know, just just understand that, you know, you will never understand what that person's gone through unless something happens to you like that. And, yeah, understand that you don't understand it, but... You don't have to degrade them over it or make them feel like their story is invalid because you have no idea what that's doing to the person. Mm. They're already in a horrible space. Don't, don't invalidate them any further, Mm, you know, and no, no, absolutely not. 
so anyway, <laughs> so you can continue asking me your question. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Well, considering we've we've covered basically everything on the list. Oh, okay. um, there's only, which is fantastic because again, I, I love it when it happens organically and, you yeah. know, I mean, I mean, for some people I prefer it like, you know, in a, in a list format sort of thing. Other times, yeah. you know, we, we get to everything just because it's where the conversation naturally goes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I love it when that happens too. Um, but there is a question here that can't come up organically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, as Jess, the mess so famously asked, and this is uh, tying back into a, uh, back into TikTok. Um, yep. what is a video that lives in your head rent free? Like as a as a creator but also as a consumer like is there something that's just stuck with you forever either you know something like you know important um or something you know funny you know is it a video that you just you'll never get out of your head i'm trying to think like i know that there's been some that i've gone oh my god like i'll i'll never forget that but Mm um i don't know i can only think of funny ones that pop up there was a video uh about healthy harold that oh. i'm pretty sure was posted to tiktok <laughs> yeah. and i was wanting to share that but i can't like i've scoured the internet for like literally two hours looking for this fucking clip it's like yeah. six seconds um <laughs> and i wish that i could find it because it's absolutely hilarious but it's mm-hmm. basically um a young bloke two young blokes in the car on a motorway here in australia mm. and the healthy harold bus is being towed yeah. past them yeah. and they've put down the window and they've screamed, Harold, you are the reason I don't do drugs. I love you, Harold. <laughs> Harold. <laughs> and it was fantastic. Just, I just, I watched it on repeat for <laughs> fucking ages. And I wish like if someone, whoever's listening to this, if you find it one day, somehow get it to me. I want, oh. I want that video. It's fucking great. But I mean, I don't know if you were hoping for anything more insightful that I've seen. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, insightful is great, but funny is, funny is also great. Like, you know, obviously we've, we've covered like a lot of, like a lot of deep stuff and we've had, you know, mm. like, as I said, like, you know, this has been a big talk um, and I've been incredibly grateful for everything that you've shared. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I feel like, you know, having a bit of a laugh, you know, it never hurts. No. And that's me. <laughs> like, as, as traumatized and depressed and anxious mess that I fucking am, um, you know that I'm I'm okay if I can still crack a funny. Yeah. Because, um, and I mean, that's, I guess that's how a lot of people with trauma deal with things is, is tried to do with humor. But I don't do any of that dark humor. Like, I'm not. I mm. mean, dark humor to an extent, but I've seen some really dark shit. Like, I'm just like, yeah. no, that just makes me feel gross. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, humor is um, like if I'm if I'm not laughing, then there's something wrong. And mm. I was not laughing for six months of last year. So yeah, and and that's the and I guess I just say with that too why I'm diverse with what I post because I want people to see that you know, for the, the someone who follows me and they see me on a good day and they see me smiling or sharing something happy and they think, oh, she's got it all worked out. No, guess what? I fucking don't. And this is the reality of life. Mm. And people, you know, and I'm seeing more of, you know, the what you see on Instagram compared to what the real life picture is or, you know, the facade or the, you know, the reality behind it. That's starting to come out more, which is great, but it's mostly just with body positivity of, you know, people's physiques when they mm. go, oh, look at me, I look amazing. And then the side-by-side photo is this is how I had to get this pose to look this good. Mm. Um, 
I wish it was a little bit more beyond the physical side of things and have people actually show, you know, you could you could post a photo of, of you doing anything and have mm. people expect that you've got it all worked out. Well, no, this is reality. Mm. This is what people have to start realising. This is not, you can't put on rose-coloured glasses all day, every day. Mm. You can't live the, the Insta life or the Facebook life, or the, um, you know, what's that song um, by Miley Cyrus's sister? Um, we are fucked. And she said, you know, <laughs> my life is great. I write and hit update. But mm. basically everything is falling apart on the inside. And that's that's the, the biggest issue with social media is that everything looks pretty and pristine, but it's not. And at the same time, like, a lot of people say, oh, social media is going to be the end of humanity. Um, people were already saying and doing these things. It's just now mm. there's platforms that people can yeah. see it, um, which obviously uh, I'm not saying that it's not an issue. Like social media is a huge issue into bullying, into mental health and everything like that because it is so readily available that that kind of behaviour is there, but it doesn't mean that it was never not there. It was mm. always there. It's just that people are able to share it now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but the other side of that coin is that people who previously may have never had contact, like you are saying, with the F&D support groups, mm. people that may have been separated geographically or, you know, you know, f- physically, um, linguistically, however, like it, it is a way for people to come together and form sort of, you know, support groups for each other. Um, exactly. And 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 find pe- people find each other, you know, um, yes. people who, who never otherwise would have engaged, you know, would you know, end up becoming friends, you know, like you know, everyone has like you know internet friends and what what have you. Yep. Um, and I and think, I can say that personally too, like just mm-hmm. before my brain forgets it is, you know, I've had people, a handful of people on the first couple of FND videos that I posted going oh, this person that I know has it and they've said, I've gone, like, DM me. Like, I want to talk to you. Like, is that okay? And, like, I've managed to get in contact with, you know, a couple of other people here in Queensland or Melbourne who Mm. know particular neurologists and things like that and I'm finding out more about my FND than what I can by going to my own neurologist, you know? So, yeah, without cutting you off there, but, like, for myself as well. That's why I'm like, fuck, like if I didn't put that out there, I wouldn't know what I know now for me. So even more so, of course, I'm going to keep sharing it with others because I have people comment saying, oh, my God, you've like not saved my life, but you've you've given me a ticket to an open door. You know, mm. that is huge. Yeah. That, that is more than what I could ask for for people. I think it's yeah, absolutely. I, it's two sides of the same coin and it's. It's not necessarily a case of take the good with the bad because I think that's that's kind of a cop out. Like I think mm. hate shouldn't have a platform. No. Um, I'm up for like you know to a certain extent like there has to be debate. Like that's how democracy works. Like there has yeah. to be not two sides. I think the two party system is what's fucked us and fucked most of the Western world. Mm-hmm. Um, not to go too into it, but um, <laughs> I think yeah there there is there's a diff- but there's a difference between debate and literally hate. just like allowing hate speech giving hate yep. speech a platform that's yeah and that's that's that, that that's where they try and like le- leverage it and say like oh you're not being reasonable because you're not allowing for open discussion and open debate it's like what's there to but debate you, 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 you can't think people debate shouldn't truth. exist yeah, yeah exactly like 
you think that these people shouldn't exist. Like, what is there to debate? Like, I think people deserve to live, and you mm. think these people should people shouldn't be on, you know, on the planet. So, yeah, what, what, where is the debate there? What are we going to come down to? Like, are we going to debate about the fiscal ramifications of your ideology? No, fuck yeah. that. Like, get out yeah. of here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think you know there there is room for like actual debate, and I think um, yeah, it's just a case of we have to be just more selective and just more careful with social media. It was allowed to run because it was so new when it first came out with mm. Facebook, MySpace and Insta, all that. When, when it all sort of like really kicked off, it was so new that we just didn't know what to do with it and we weren't responsible exactly. with it. And now, you know, TikTok, I think, might be seen as like potentially an overcorrection in terms oh of my like, God. Shadow, like shadow banned, straight up banned, you know, having accounts suspended, you know, content mm. taken down. It's an, it's an, an overcorrection going the and- other way. And at the same time, too, is um, overcorrection and strategic correction of yes. silencing voices. Yes, because it's never like this, the, the Kyles. The Kyles saying that the hateful shit don't yep. have their account suspended. But when someone fucking claps back, like I see T Blizzy like every second week, like she's getting fucking shadow banned because mm-hmm. she claps back at someone, you know, like she'll show like a, you know, like a screen cap of her DMs with someone saying some absolutely horrific shit in her comments mm. or in her, in, her, in her messages. And then she claps back at them and she gets, you know, clapped for hate speech. It's like, yeah, but the hate speech was in the, me- like in the comment. And that's why I want it, why I said before, prior to whatever yeah. the update was that they had, we were able to add a comment and a photo of the reasons, yeah. you know, why we're disputing the, okay, it's being pulled down. Because in those situations, and like I said, with, with the ones that I've chosen to have a conversation with them, the videos get removed instantly because they have a following and TikTok just goes, no, nah, we're not going to even entertain that, is that, that exact point of not violating a single guideline but calmly mm. saying to this person, you are wrong. Mm. This is, and as you said, this is not a debatable thing. This is like, this is fact and you are wrong. Like mm. this is my experience. You are wrong. You, you've not been in my shoes. Mm. To have that be pulled instantly whilst the person who instigated that response has said something so out of the park disgusting mm. and yet we're the ones getting in trouble. Yeah, this is right? yeah. This is what I'm talking about. You you are absolutely right. It is a targeted overcorrection. Mm-hmm. It is very specific. I don't know. I mean, I know that I'm when I talk to my friends, like high school friends or whatever, and we talk about TikTok. Like we're obviously on very different sides of TikTok. Like I don't see that they're like, oh, don't you know this creator? Or don't you know like this account? Like don't you know this trend or whatever? I'm like, no. Like that they're, they're all doing like the TikTok dances. I'm like, I don't get any of the dances or anything on my FYP. Um, because. I'm like I'm. I think I'm so deep into like yeah. First, First Nations Australian, First Nations Canada and America. You know, like like queer talk, you know, like yep. um, Norse talk, Celtic talk, like pagan talk. Like I'm so deep down, following like you know 200 accounts of. I think I follow. I think maybe Hank Green, um, and Cybernetic Gorilla might be like two of the three white guy, like straight white dudes that I can mm-hmm. name off the top of my head that I follow. Yeah, and like you know, Hank Green is effectively just I don't know. He's just wholesome science. Yeah. I, I like him. And Cybernetic Gorilla is actually an account I was going to, if you don't know about him, mm. um, he was an account I was going to suggest to you because when you're talking about um, like understanding the mentality of racism, he is a reformed racist. So he's an American guy, I'd say in his 50s, um, yep. who was basically, um, his dad was a member of the KKK and oh, he wow. was at, at 18, he was like, all right, you're old enough now, you're in the clan. Oh, and fuck. he was like raised, yeah. And so he had to like, 
drag himself out of that. And he talks wow. about his experiences of like how he came to sort of not just enlightenment, but also like came to realize the processes that caused the indoctrination and everything. And he wow. said, he, he put it very succinctly. He's like, you have to be stupid to be racist. As yeah, a former, okay. as a former member of the clan, as a former member, as a former racist, you have mm-hmm. to be stupid because as soon as you get educated and as soon as you like actively seek education, mm-hmm. you can't be racist because you realize how ridiculous the whole thing is. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I don't see like accounts that I, like a lot of people I see do get shadow banned. I think that's maybe the inspiration for this, this podcast as well, which mm. is like, you know, so many people I follow, like constantly, like talking about like you're not going to see this or like interact so i know that like you know it hasn't been taken down or what have you mm. i'm like does this happen I'm like, i talk to my friends about it and they're like no i never see that sort of stuff i just see dances and funny stuff yeah i'm like where is where is that side of tiktok like why and also how do you not know like i'm like you know like did you see like sari's post the other day they're like who's sari like nick richie I'm yeah like, how do you what are you talking about how do you like, not know I, these people yeah, like you know Friendly Geordies, but you don't know Nick Ritchie. I'm like, you don't know what Friendly Geordies did to Nick Ritchie. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Mm, I like, and that, like sometimes I'll be on the FYP and I'll see, um, you know, a very out there video compared to what is on my following or what would usually come up on my FYP, mm-hmm. and I'll go, like, that's that instance of oh, there's the random outside of what I put out there and what I interact with trying to like come into it and that's where I go these trolls especially do they go scouring hashtags to Mm. to do this shit because like you just said if your mates aren't seeing any of these people they're just seeing like you know the stupid dances or whatever not stupid but you know what I mean just like you know the the random shit that that goes on yeah trends that go on um they see all of that yet how do the people who comment on my shit, I don't want to see your face on my FYP. How is it popping up on their FYP? Exactly. How do they, how do they find you? Like mm-hmm. exactly. Which actually so... leads me to my very last question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I realized I'm looking now, I'm, I'm sorry, looking down the clock and realizing I've got Pilates in 15 minutes. You um... do. Oh my God. It's nearly. <laughs> shit. <laughs> It's all good. Yeah. It's been so. It's been such a wonderful talk. I, I love how oh, how, so how deep down the rabbit hole we got and 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 discussed so many different things. Mm. Um, but yeah, on that topic, where can people find you? Um, if you want them to, okay. and uh, is there anything that you would like to plug? Like you know. Yes, I do. So I don't know when this is going to go up, or you know, at what stage of life, however far down the track that people listen to it or whatever. <laughs> but at the moment, um, on TikTok, it's thrills or through we were discussing this before you hit the record button or not how to pronounce the the name um it's t-h-r-l-i-l-s underscore on tiktok um on i am on instagram um <laughs> it's <laughs> it's the the name um it's it's not thrills because i have it for something else for another reason that will come to light later down the track i'm not going to mm. talk about it because it will make sense down the yeah, track fair but it's enough um it's spelled yeah you you, oh man people mm, yeah like I said I'm not gonna say a lot about it but it will make a lot of sense when um when I do share it so it's uh b-u-r-r-a-b-u-r-r-a dot y-u-l-a-n-y dot g-i-i-l-a-n-g or you could simply search up lily hodgson on instagram and I'm sure it will come up (laughs) Um, I do have two other accounts, um, with that name associated to it, but I don't, 
I don't touch them and they're private accounts. So um, your uh, accounts that have absolutely nothing to do with what's going on with any of that. So that's where people can find me. Um, and as far as my canvases are concerned, um, as of next week, hopefully when that stupid posting ban has been lifted on TikTok, um, I will have a number of canvases. I think there'll be six that I'll be sharing. Um showcasing i guess <laughs> yeah absolutely um and uh, apart from that um i'm very happy to do canvases for people and what i like to say is i don't uh, and i've said this many times is i don't plan my canvases um it's an, a, an energy it's an emotion it's a feeling it's a i blink and i see it however people take that I don't really give a fuck this is me this is my life and this is what happens for me spiritually culturally um this is how my art works um so I don't plan anything it just comes out as it does however if people are after something specific I am very happy and very excited to um have people contact me and say you know if you can share with me feel, feel comfortable sharing with me a story or emotion or a place or a photo or you know something about them that I can connect with that I can create something from there I never considered myself ever as an artist uh and yeah, I'm going to say I'm an artist now I was going to say I'm you made a liar out of yourself then because you absolutely are and you created <laughs> art like yeah I, I mean prior to any of this I I never I, I always knew I was very creative but like I said with all the um trauma and everything that I've dealt with it kind of really squashes that down you don't really have any brain space to be able to do anything like that so yeah I'm an artist and I'm going to be an artist and uh amongst other things that I will share as they come um and the other thing is to that. Uh, I'll share on here because I haven't shared it on TikTok as well because mm. also I'm, of course I'm in the shadow then. But with the canvases that I'm doing, um, many people have asked if I'm going to do merchandise. Mm -hmm. um, so I won't say too much about that, but there is a canvas that I'm doing um, that you'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Like I would get a shirt with on it like that. Mm. <laughs> oh no! I've guessed something. I mean, you could you could have like little drop bits here and there if you want. <laughs> you just will have to wait and see. It has been so incredible talking to you. It's been so wonderful. Um, thank, thank you so much for coming. I really really appreciate it. No, thank you so much for reaching out and um, for you know people. Once again, this isn't like a, oh, yep, they've got it all sorted because this has taken like nearly two weeks to be able to get this time <laughs> slotted in and get this done. Like this is real life, guys. Yeah. This is real life. But I'm so, so, so glad. Thank you so much for reaching out and having me talk. Um, I cannot wait to see what happens with this podcast. Oh, thank um, you so much. Uh, I'm so, so, so excited for it. I'm going to be – it's it's fantastic. And I think what you're doing, giving – giving us a voice and a real voice like everything that we've chatted about um you you're fantastic it's going to be this this is change this is change thank you um i hope so and yeah that's that's all i wanted to do was just i'm taking up space so i'd rather give it to someone else because i don't need it <laughs> you're not taking up <laughs> space don't ever think that everyone is here for 
you know, this this is this is your role to play, I guess. I, I don't hope know. so. I hope so. I hope yeah. I hope it brings good. That's all I can hope. Yeah, it will. It will absolutely. So thank you. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Me too. All right. Well, you take very best care of yourself. Have a lovely night. Don't forget to eat. <laughs> I won't. Thankfully, um, I actually, that's what I was saying to you before we come on is I did, I was able to force myself to do some meal prepping. So I do oh, have excellent. some food there for me. I'll be able to do that. My brain is like, okay, I'm, I'm set up. I'm ready to do that. But um, enjoy your Pilates session. Thank you very do much. Do 1990. Oh, no, not. All right. I'll ask about <laughs> it. I'll ask about it. It's ask just sideline side glute stuff that kills me every time. Oh, I could give you some exercises. I wonder if they've given you or not. Oh, that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) We'll we'll, we'll message about it. So thank you again. Thank you so much, Jonathan. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Lee. Take care of yourself and we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of More Than A Minute. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify or Anchor FM. And also don't forget to give us a like on the socials. We're on Facebook and Twitter and pretty soon we'll be across Instagram, TikTok and YouTube as well. So if you want to stay updated, then make sure you're liked and subscribed. And if there's a creator that you'd like me to speak to, then drop me a line. You can reach me at morethanaminutepod at gmail.com. More Than A Minute is recorded on the occupied lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and we acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and there is still no treaty with the First Nations people of Australia.